Welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Belun Klemsemeche. On this podcast, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come and share their life and career journeys with you. From entrepreneurs to nine to fivers, join us as each guest takes you through all of the highs and all of the lows of their journeys that have led them to being who they are today. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of She Brigade. If you're new here, welcome, and I hope you enjoy this episode and come back for more. If you're a returning Brigada, welcome back and thank you for always showing love. Don't forget guys, if you like this episode, share it with a friend and remember to sign up to our newsletter to find out all about our upcoming guests and so much more. And follow us on all social media platforms at She Brigade. All of this is available on the episode show notes. Today's guest is Karen Williams. Karen is the founder of The Throne Agency and The Throne Magazine which is an online publication that celebrates the most impactful local tastemakers, content creators, bloggers, designers, and influencers within contemporary culture. Karen's career has spanned journalism, advertising, and marketing. Keep listening to hear all about her career and entrepreneurship journey. So let's dive in. Hey Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you today. I'm excited. Um, Okay, so we're going to dive right in. So on the podcast, we like to start all the way from the beginning. So I want you to take us all, all, all the way back. Take us back to you growing up, what that was like, what younger you was like, what like primary and high school was like. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Okay, so I mean, I was born in Pulukwani. That is home. I spent the first 10 years of my life there. And then I moved to Cape Town and I lived in Cape Town for about, um, I think, collectively 15 years. And then I moved back to Pulukwani to um, do my tertiary. Um, so, yeah, I kind of just moved a little bit about in my early years. Uh, but life in Pulukwani was just, I mean, I was a happy kid. I was a bit of a tomboy. I just remember running around and being super, super playful um, and wanting to be I remember back then I, I wanted to be Miss South Africa oh. and I wanted to be a lawyer. So, I mean, I've taken quite a detour from that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of just a bit of my upbringing. Okay. So what did you want? Well, you said what you wanted to be, but how did you, how did you select your degree? Because, um, you know, we get to grade, what is it? 10 and you have to start picking subjects. How were you picking your subjects at that, at that age? So, I mean, uh, I had moved to Cape Town when I was still, yeah, I was about 10 and then obviously did like my primary school and then my high school there. And I think just being in Cape Town, I really got immersed in subcultures and hip hop culture in particular. And um, the hip hop culture in Cape Town is very, very puristic. So, um, you know, they celebrated the elements of hip hop, mm. some of which were b-boying, graffiti, emceeing um, and so on. And I think just because I was um, part of the culture and the culture was really based on like self-expression, um, I just kind of fell in love with writing. I think I was grade 10 or 16 at the time. So I, I absolutely fell in love with writing and decided I wanted to be a writer then. And that dream and that love and that passion just evolved to eventually wanting to be an editor of a publication. And then looking at the, the landscape in South Africa or the publication landscape in South Africa and realizing that there wasn't really repre- representation for black women. Mm. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, I eventually um, worked in the industry and, you know, did eventually start my own publication. But it's been a very, very long journey and a very, very difficult journey. But the fundamental basis of that has always been me knowing that I want to be a writer, that I want to be an editor, that I want to create a space for women who look like me and who speak like me and women who are really represented. Um, and I feel that's, you know, the culmination of all of that has been the throne. Yes, and we're <laughs> going to talk about the throne. I love the throne. <laughs> but, you. I mean, did you know, writing is like an interesting choice. Like, and... You know, black families, writing, yeah, what was that like? Yeah. Because also, like, did you know what exactly what you were going to do with it at the time? Because when I think of writing, I don't, like, specific careers don't pop to mind. Yeah. I mean, no, you 100% <laughs> correct. And I was, I mean, weird. No, weird is absolutely not the, the correct term. But I was just, like, a little bit alternative and... Um, you know, I think that already my dad was just like, what are you doing? Like, you know, because I was in hip hop and I was a bit of like a yeah. skater kid and stuff like that. Um, so I think that was very confusing. And I think that's why I was very, very, very set on like, you know, self-expression. And eventually when I, I finished matric and I did want to be um, a journalist or the way that I saw to get into like the writing industry in the magazine in the publishing industry was through journalism. Uh, my dad initially was like, no, that's not going to happen. So he made me study business management. Oh, wow. I dropped out after a few months. Uh, I didn't tell him. I did not tell him that I dropped out at all. Eventually, um, months later, he obviously figured it out because he's like, what's happening? <laughs> um, but I just knew back then it was just not for me. It was not the part yeah. that I was meant to follow. And then the following year, I, as part of a compromise, I wanted to do journalism and then he was like, well, and as a lot of black parents do, they're like, you know, you need a safety career. You need to mm. study, you know, become a doctor, become a chartered accountant, mm -hmm. become an engineer. What do you mean you're going into a creative field? So as a compromise, I said, OK, cool, I'll do a BA and I'll do um, psychology. So that's the safe option. And I'll, I'll do English as my other major. Um, knowing full well that I was never going to pursue psychology sure. and that. Um, I just feel like I'm one of those people who um, I just have to pursue something that's like really, really intrinsic to who I am. And yeah. I was never going to be happy if I didn't pursue what I wanted to pursue. Um, and I think, you know, as difficult as it was, I mean, it's been a long journey just between me and my dad and him trusting. I remember there was a time where I got a job. I was living in Cape Town and I got a job at Ogilvy, uh, which was my dream agency at the time. And I knew my dad was not going to support the decision. So I applied, I organized everything. And on the day that I was going to move, like literally 30 minutes before I was supposed to leave, I called him. I was like, by the no. way, I swear, I promise you, <laughs> no. I promise you, 30 minutes before I was supposed to leave, I called him. I was like, oh, by the way, so I'm moving to Joburg. I got a oh job. If you would like to say bye, you know, this is it. And then he he couldn't be mad. What could he do? There's nothing you can do. There's literally nothing you can do. Absolutely. So you know, he came, he said bye <laughs> to me and stuff. But um, I think now he trusts because... You know, but obviously, and I understand for with black parents, it's mm, not that they mm. don't want to support us. Um, I think obviously they come from a different generation and they just want to make sure that we're safe and we have security. So mm. I fully, fully understand. But now that he sees the throne and, you know, how it's materializing and what's coming out of it, now he gives me all the freedom. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I'm old as well, but it really took a journey and I had to take risks uh, along that along the journey yeah. and a few uh, decisions that he was not so happy about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always believe that because um, it's interesting that you studied 
something that's very different to what you do now. But there's always something to learn from these experiences. What did you learn from that experience and like from what you studied there that you're actually applying today? Um, I mean, psychology, as much as I don't use it in the technical sense, yeah. um, I think psychology has been still so, so, so um, important in what I do. Fundamentally, I mean, we, whether it's marketing, whether it's in content, it's understanding consumption patterns, it's understanding why people are motivated to spend their money on a certain mm. product, um, yes. you know, understanding the, the archetype of a person. Um, you know, uh, a Karen who is 31, who has a certain level of income, um, who's aspirational, these are her passion points. Why does she, you know, purchase brand A and not brand B? Because, you know, the marketing or the branding speaks to in a certain way, but how is that really communicated? So I think it's been super, 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 super um, important and helpful. Um, but I think in all careers, like even if I had studied finance, I would have found a value for it mm. in what I do. Even if I studied law or, um, you know, anything else, I do yeah. think there's value. So I do think as much as we, you know, you end up going a certain career, I don't think it's not beneficial. Um, I think in if you're a creative thinker and if you are a strategic thinker, and I think more than anything, that's what I appreciate of the degree that I studied. I think it made me a critical thinker and a strategic thinker. Yeah. And that's been invaluable as well in being an entrepreneur and trying to um, establish my own business. Okay, so take us through your working career. So after Varsity, what did you do? And yeah, take us through the journey of how you ended up where you are today. So I completed my degree in um, psychology uh, from the University of Limpopo. And if you have an undergrad degree in psychology, you essentially can't do anything. You need to have your master's at a minimum um, to really be able to do something uh, proper or to be able to open your own practice. And I mean, I'm also just one of those people. My mom passed away when I was like a baby. My dad is a hawker in Cape Town. So I didn't have the financial means to study further. Even when I was at University of Limpopo, um, I was on Innisfis. So I had to, obviously had to make the decision to go work because Mm. I didn't have, you know, the opportunity to go study and do my postgrad. And I, I mean, I was unemployed for a year, exactly a year after I finished. And it became frustrating because I was like, well, obviously this wasn't the plan. I can't go back and study. Um, but I'm in this weird position where I can't use my degree and I was really, really frustrated. Um, but at the time, I mean, this was about 2014. I was really, really, really into social media and I decided, OK, cool. And like social media management jobs, social media community jobs, which was popping up everywhere. So I designed the most creative CV I could using like all the, like the Google, it's like, who's Karen? And it would be like a Google icon, like the search icon. Oh, thing the search the, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then like my little bio was like a, you know, a Facebook like screenshot and stuff like that. And I just tried to do like this massive collage. That's cool. And I put that together and I sent it to about 50 agencies in the whole country. Sure. Um, and I was in Bulgani at the time. I think a day or two later, I got a response from an agency in Cape Town. Um, they were like, cool, we're happy to give you the job. Um, yeah, I did the interview, then they offered me the job. And I mean, the salary was, you know, what it was. <laughs> um, but I moved to Cape Town and I was there for one year and it was a really, really good learning experience mm-hmm. for me. Um, and that truly was the beginning of my my journey. Um, and I, I think without that as the, the starting point, I, I would not have had the other opportunities that I had. So it was really a, a very, very important foundation for me. Yeah. yeah. So at what point now 
do you start having this thought of I could be I could own my own publication and be a founder oh of not just God. a magazine but like an agency too <laughs> not even close I mean I started so yeah I was at the first agency and I was there for a year and it was a a predominantly white agency mm. and I remember when I got to that agency I was the first black person aside from the secretary and the um the lady who's to clean the offices um and mm. the gentleman who was the the handyman and obviously just coming to the space I was like you know you notice that immediately mm. um and then after that I mean they did hire a few other black people but also understanding that it was a business decision because of you know the brands and the requirements from a client perspective needed the in- the insights of a particular demographic because that's what that that's essentially who their target demographic was so i'm um, just realizing that and just having a lot of experiences where you know you start seeing the the differences in in salaries or mm-hmm. although you're not clear on what the number is but you can just see dif- you know what i mean like yeah we people who were the same age and someone who has like a, an LV bag and we work in the same position and someone who has a car and you know just things like that so I, I think for me there was like a, a big um yeah it was just a something that I noticed and something that was really really uneasy um and just noting noticing a lot of double standards that I felt like white people were getting away with and people of color just were treated a certain way um and just in general in Cape Town as well that was the not even just like a work situation in Cape Town that's how the culture was and then I mean I was there for a year and I worked my bat or I was working um days and evenings and weekends I remember working in New Year's Eve literally New Year's Eve 12 o'clock um there was an activation (laughs) there was an activation in another country on the continent and I was in social media at the time and I was out and I still needed to be online. Um, I remember there was a day that I was, and it was like, it could have been the 1st of Jan, but somewhere there, or Christmas or Christmas Eve, something like that. I was at the beach and I had to leave because I had to be working. And I think it was like New Year's Eve and I was called for a meeting. So just things like that, you know, like you were really, really really putting in work. And at the time I didn't even mind because I was like, you know, I'm building my career, I'm, you know, this is work going towards um, establishing me. And then after a year, I was like, okay, cool, this is the work that I've done. Um, you know, I would like a raise because I've actually put in all the work and stuff and a promotion and um, people who are in senior positions and who are not putting in um, the level of work that I was and were dropping the ball and were getting paid significantly more um um, seeing them kind of just proceed and me being told, well, we can't really, or this is mm. all we can do and stuff like that. So that's when I made the decision to move to, to Johannesburg. And then I worked for two other agencies when I got gotcha, here um, and was the editor-in-chief of a other online publication. And I think through that journey um, was, I don't know. I mean, obviously I grew and I learned a lot of experiences. I don't know when I truly believe that I could have my own publication I do remember distinctly in 2013 I had the idea of an online publication and I emailed someone in the industry um, and I was part of kind of what led to the previous publication that I was um, the editor of Um, so the idea had always been that the passion had always been there I think since the time I was 16 it always developed but 
the the belief that it was possible i i don't know if there was a singular moment where i consciously was like oh wow i can actually do this but i think part of it as well is just like me being really ambitious and you know being really really hungry and working really hard and i think one thing in general i've always done is believed in myself um and yeah i mean now we're here <laughs> now we're here so you registered the throne in november of 2017 so that's so interesting how do you know that i did my research i told you i did my research <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> That yeah, that's actually a crazy story. I don't think a lot of people actually know that story. Um, well, I actually don't think. Wow, I'm so impressed that you know that. <laughs> no, you are correct. So in twenty in November of twenty seventeen, I in August of twenty seventeen, I had left my last agency job, mm. and I was just frustrated with a number of things, just like lack of representation being a black woman in a predominantly male or white male dominate, um, dominate, oh my God, (laughs) a white male dominated industry. Sorry, that word. Um, and just feeling like my voice was not heard. Mm. I was silenced a lot and, um, also being really, really vocal. I remember I used to get in trouble quite a lot because I was really, really vocal about representation um, in advertising and you know it's not a conversation a lot of people were willing to have um, and a lot of agencies don't it's hard to be confronted with the truth that you think you're progressive but you're actually not um, so I left the last agency although the last agency was really really great I have to say that um, it was an ama- amazing agency and then um, I was still an editor of a, another publication at the time but I think maybe I you know, maybe there was just something within me that knew. I, honestly, I cannot tell you a clear answer <laughs> as to why I registered it. Um, so I registered. I registered. The what, what did you see it as when you registered it? What was it? I don't. What were you registering? I mean, it was registered as an agency, as it is registered mm. now. Um, and there was no plan because I remember mm. I registered. I registered the business and I opened social media channels that yeah. no one knew about. And, but there was no plan. There was no, I'm going to do this. This is, you know, I just, at the time I was like, I'm doing this. And I don't think I really gave it too much thought. Mm. And I remember you have to pay a fee and I didn't pay the fee. And I ended up paying the fee on the 22nd of February, 2018, a few months later. But in retrospect, I think that, you know, I really, I mean, it sounds really, pardon, very cliche, but I'm a believer in God and the universe and, you know, my ancestors that are always guiding me. So when I'm on a path that either no longer serves me um, or is no longer where I need to be, they they redirect me and it can be in nuggets or in small ways Mm. or subtle ways or big dramatic ways. Um, So even just for me to register the business, I think, you know, a seed had been planted in me that, okay, cool, but you've worked, you know, you've worked in industry, you've worked in advertising, you've worked in PR and digital and social media you've done all these things and as because of how ambitious I was I don't think it was my path in life to work a nine-to-five for the rest of my life um although it was such a valuable experience and I'm so grateful because I I I would not be doing what I am now without it um but I think I was being nudged in the direction then um and there were just a few things that had happened that further uh, propelled me to be on the path that said you have to start your own thing 
and um it's funny i've mentioned this once or twice before that so i registered well i finally paid or you know finalized the the registration of the throne on the 22nd of feb 2018 and obviously i mean it's called the throne both the magazine and the agency and then on the 22nd of feb um 2020 which was last year on the exact same day my son was born oh my god and his name is king and it's just i I mean, it's nothing that I planned, but I really do feel like there was just a plan yeah. and the throne king both on the same date. Like, you know, I just think there's like a divine alignment there. Mm. Um, but it also happened because I, I had to pursue what, what was truly meant for me to pursue. So. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how has it been? How has it been from when you finally decided, okay, it's going to be a publication and when you launched your first cover with, um, it was with Twiggy and Kenny. Twiggy and Kenny, yes. Until now with Sia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How has that been? How has that journey been with the thing? Oh my god. It has been an absolute roller coaster. It has been the me- the best moments of my life and some of the the hardest moments of my mm. life as well, being an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, I started out, I had no capital, I had no funding, I had no investment, so I had bootstrapped the business. And I mean I say bootstrapped, but that was like with so little money Um, and I had to call in a lot of favors and I will always say like I remember Austin was one of the most amazing people uh, because he did the first shoot and I I definitely called in a favor there Um, Kenny and Twee were so amazing because I I didn't even have there was I couldn't afford styling there were no clothes I was like guys please can you just bring clothes with you (laughs) and accessories and they were so so incredible they brought like I I think it was like all white so they brought like all their white stuff and that was so so incredible and just amazing to be on set with um and you know just so many people pulled through to help me out um and I I'm so grateful for this to this day because without that the throne would not be what it is mm. um and i'm just fortunate because those are i mean people always speak about like how valuable relationships are yeah in this industry whether you're an influencer or a you know a business person and because of the relationships that had been built with you know with them um they were willing to help out but also just a testament to how amazing they are as people yeah um and you know, and I mean, they, it's not just them. There were a few other people along the first um, or the early days of the throne that really, really helped out that I just, you know, did me such solids. Um, and that's essentially how the business started. And I, I think for an independent business that comes with no funding, no capital um, investment that I had bootstrapped initially by myself for um, a majority of the period, it was a, you know, I think we've gone into a really good, good space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think, but also I think I, I had to be very, very strategic. So in the time that I worked in advertising, it was building a, a lot of relationships with PR people, with industry people, mm. with brand managers, um, with influencers. So by the time that I had actually started my own thing, I had this a, a wealth of, you know, knowledge, of expertise, of a network that I could actually um leverage and monetize and that's yeah. what the throne was built on um it's not that i just woke up and it did well because it just did well like there was there was already a community and there was already like a network around it um so yeah i mean it's been amazing i i think it's all the pivots or for us to focus on just the digital side of things that we've never been a print publication because i have always understood coming from agency that digital is where everything's going to move eventually 
um, and COVID obviously accelerated the process. Um, 19 print titles or 19 print publications shut down last year, which yeah. is really, really yeah. crazy. Uh, but it also just spoke to, you know, the publications that were playing in the digital space that we really understood where things were moving and how content is being consumed mm. and um, where advertising budgets are going to be invested going forward. So I think it's been just it's been very vindicating to know all the struggles that we went through and the stuff that we're fighting for. And the things that we've been saying sounding like we're crazy. Because we're <laughs> now, like, oh, now everyone's like... <laughs> Absolutely, you know, um, and I mean, it's still a journey. Not all advertisers or brands mm. um, fully, fully have made the transition yet or see the value 100%, but we're getting there as mm. a process. So um, I'm, I'm very, very proud of where we are currently. We still want to do a lot and I have big aspirations. But, you know, for a little black girl from Pulukwani who was playing there with her like ashy knees <laughs> Now, if you are, um, now, I think I think it's not, You've not done it's not a terrible well. story. You've done pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, I need to ask you though how 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 was COVID? How did COVID impact you in your business? That's a very interesting question because COVID actually, when COVID had a negative impact on a lot of businesses, it had the opposite impact on our business mm. because we played in the digital space. So because we had a purely digital publication and because all of our other offerings as an agency, it's um, influencer management, um, influencer marketing, social media management and strategy, um, content production, cultural insights, it predominantly exists online. Yeah. Um, maybe aside from like shoots or content, sorry, content production, depending if it has to be an actual um, a physical shoot or something like that so for the most part it actually like our business grew in COVID however um, probably a year or 10 months before that I fell pregnant and I, um, I, I say to people like my COVID was my pregnancy so to mm. be yeah because um, I I was an entrepreneur and if you are an entrepreneur, especially of a small business, you are the business. Mm. So you can't get sick. If you get sick, the yes. business suffers. Um, so I got really, really, really sick in my pregnancy. Sure. I remember I was almost bedridden for my first trimester because I'd gotten so sick. And from there, I literally, the, the business was almost at a shutdown for, I want to say, almost... Yeah, around 10 months, which was almost a full year, yeah. It was like four or five. No, absolutely. It was almost, in my mind, I I, I consider it a a full year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I I literally, I was so sick and I had almost every symptom under the sun. My pregnancy was so traumatic, so, so Mm. traumatic. Um, but I think it's also, it comes with being a woman entrepreneur, you know, how new, there's so many nuances already being an entrepreneur is very, very difficult. Then being a woman entrepreneur, you know, having had that experience and it's something that I never considered because of how ambitious I am and how driven I am. And I had, you know, this experience that physically there's no way I can positive think my way out of, you know, not having morning sickness or not feeling tired or having, you know, all these symptoms. Um, and I I remember I was just all really depressed in my pregnancy. So I think it's the first time I publicly actually said it. I was really, really, really depressed. And I I just, I was not in the space where I could work physically. Um, and then it took a toll mentally, emotionally as well. So um, 
and then I obviously had to give birth and I'm a first time mom mm-hmm. and I gave birth during COVID as well. So just that experience of like having to be immersed in that. And I'm so lucky because I have an incredibly supportive family and they helped up so, so much. Um, but it was still an adjustment. And that's how I literally, it was like almost 10 months had gone past and I missed almost, you know, what is almost a full year of work. Mm. So I yeah that was that was that experience basically that is so hectic yeah that is so hectic it was at the time it was so hard because I really was like okay cool how do I you know I was so conscious of the impact that was going to have on the business and I mean we especially the um the publication it's a consumer facing business so and the way this industry moves and grows and changes to miss yeah you know even just a few months is can be monumental mm. or devastating. So to consider um, what potential impact that could have on me, that could have on, on the throne. But I think I look back now and I also realize because I was as forward thinking as I was and I n- understood where the digital space was moving and even just the influencer space is the reason we speak to influencers and you know a lot of the content and the covers is um, around um, influencers because I really understood the gap in the market mm. so even though I was gone for that period a lot of people were just catching up and recognizing where that space was and I was already ahead so mm. you know I, I feel like it also it was vindicating to me because it just it just really just made me realize that okay finally everyone else is actually catching yeah. up um, to something that I had realized and had been working towards so I I now come back um, and I'm at a stage where well, I came back last year and I was at a stage where okay cool because of COVID and people trying to make this transition I'm coming back to an industry where people are actually understanding and they they're are ready more, for exactly you. they're ready for me yeah. fully, fully <laughs> they're yes. actually ready for you now. yeah yeah mm. crazy wild oh my um, gosh no it yeah. was a a journey and mm. a half to say the least okay 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 so <laughs> what have been the biggest I feel like you may have touched on these already, both highlights and lowlights, but what have been the biggest highlights and lowlights of the journey, of your journey? Highlights for me have just been, um, honestly, truly the caliber of brands that we have worked with. For me, that blows my mind every single time. Um, I think there's just something incredible about realizing that I was able to conceive this dream just randomly mm. by myself, whatever. And then it has grown to something cha- tangible. That's something that other people believe in. I think it's so, so amazing. Um, but it also speaks to the space that was open and that really, really needed to be represented. Um, but then to take that up, you know, one level and have brands, reputable brands that have been around for decades, believe in that same dream and like recognize the same vision. And, you know, um, I think co-sign us in a way um, or add credibility to what we're doing by actually um, briefing us and assigning campaigns to us. For me, that has been amazing. We've worked with really, really, really reputable brands and I'm more proud for a brand to kind of make us a brand custodian to trust us with something that they've built so much. For me, that's the biggest honor and um, it's always exciting every single time I get an email or a call that says, Yossi, um, you know, client is thinking of doing this. Can you guys help us out? It's the absolute best feeling. So definitely has been my highlight. Um, The low light. Yeah, I think it was just the, you know, going through my pregnancy and then going through the business, literally being at a a standstill. And um, I mean, it's not something that I anticipated, so just going through that, it was a very, very difficult journey. Um, 
it impacted me on like I'm saying on so many levels but when I look back now also it was a big growth and a big learning experience for me so I look at like the business now and the next level I consider this the next phase because I know we're going to achieve so much now especially in the next year to two years Mm. um so to have gone through that experience and to have learned and to have become strong and wiser for that I'm so grateful for that now because I I feel and again I speak about like the universe and the part that I'm on but I think in retrospect that was intentional that that happened because I needed to learn certain things that Mm. would elevate and really really me for the next chapter of the throne Mm. Ah, that's awesome. Um, what would you say to someone that wants to follow in your footsteps? Maybe wants to start their own <clears throat> online publication or agency. I that's such a good question. Um, I think you know a lot of people say just start, and it, it does sound cliche sometimes. Uh, but I do believe just start. I yeah. I think there's so much. I mean, obviously, I I come from an agency background. Um, so I did have a certain level of experience, but there's so many things as well that I did not know when I started the business and you learn on your feet. So I think, um, yeah, just starting is super, super important. I think the minute you um, see something in black and white, you feel more accountable, mm. you're more inspired, you're more driven to actually keep pushing. Um, and I think as well, just like recognize what you, it's not so much about like, you know, trying to do what someone else is doing or following kind of what has been established is like look towards what what is your passionate point it's just honestly truly monetizing what are you most passionate about um and what is your strongest point and how are you able to monetize it i think the things that we're passionate about we're passionate about them for a reason and it's uh, if we're able to just structure that in a way that is um it can be a brand or product it can the same feeling that you have about it the same level of emotions you can instill that or inspire in other people as well so mm. it's just truly like discover what you're passionate about um research ways that you can monetize it and brand it um and then it will grow from there so um and this was just like again it sounds so cliche but truly believe in yourself like i don't i i don't think there's anything that comes close to just having faith in yourself and what you're trying to achieve um not everyone's going to understand the vision that you have and I went through that myself for a very long time and it's only now that people are trying or beginning to understand that um, or do understand that but I'm so happy that I I followed or pursued what I was passionate yeah. about so yeah. I love that I absolutely love that Amazing. I mean cliches are cliches because they're true right no, completely <laughs> completely you know and I just again for us that are like I mean we were speaking about this just before the podcast started but to be um, in spaces where we are black women and we are amplifying the voices of other black women and how important that is. Mm. And, you know, you pursued a passion of yours and I pursued a passion of mine. And I think it's so important, like the people that are going to listen to this and they might be inspired. And I just think it's necessary. So um, more than anything for me, you know, I I just think that our mandate should be um, being unapologetically biased towards women and for me towards black women because I think that we're so incredible and we literally have the ability to change the entire world and we just need our voices to be heard and to be given a platform and to have, you know, that shine, that light actually um, shining on us so that people can actually see and understand it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wish people could see because I'm literally <laughs> grinning. I'm like, yes, yes, I want to start <laughs> clapping. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, okay, so, so tell me about a misconception that people have about what you actually do <laughs> what's the biggest misconception that's people a have? very easy one oh, oh. <laughs> okay that it's glamorous 
it's the most unglamorous job in the entire <laughs> world i promise you um my team Sherman, I have a really, really young, incredible team and they're so full of life and so full of energy and I love them uh, incredibly. But a lot of them came onto the team, you know, having a certain idea of what it was going to oh, be no. and, you know, that hasn't been the case. So definitely the idea that, like, there's glamour to this because you only see the maybe the final product of, like, a mm. cover or, you know, when pre-COVID, you know, you attend an event or, you know, get in a press job and stuff like that. But it really is a minute uh, portion of what we do. And there's so much hard work. It's so much graft from like a even manual labor just carrying dresses that like are yeah. <laughs> way a ton and you know their strategy was that like see like dress oh my god it was so and it's so heavy <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm like that's a like that's a hell of a dress <laughs> it was so heavy but it was so worth it that picture was like it was beautiful you know, it was amazing um but so much of it like just even the work that goes into a single picture you know there's yeah. a photographer there's a creative director there's a stylist there's makeup artist there's hair there's you know a mood board there's a studio like all of that there's so much work and then there's you know the agency um that we have as well so sometimes we're doing work that never um it's it's never kind of client facing or never consumer facing mm. or it is consumer facing but you know they don't know that we're behind it pardon me so um yeah there's a lot of hard work and late nights and crazy deadlines um obviously i love it and also because yeah. I, I come from agency you really become addicted to it um but yeah it's a lot of hard work it's not glamorous at yeah. all it's not cute I'm, like <laughs> truly <laughs> okay and I, I love that you mentioned your team because um I want to know from you what what lessons have you learned as a leader because you're not just I mean it's one thing to have your own thing but you're actually leading people and yeah. you're kind of like not in charge but sort of like in charge of people like you what if what what lessons do you have from that experience that is a very good question. Um, I was speaking the other day to a friend and just about the transition that you go. And it's a transition a lot of people don't speak about, or at least publicly, where you go from being in a top in year where you are like a one-man show mm. and maybe you're outsourcing certain things to actually then having a team. So the transition to actually being in a top in year to being a leader and mm. a business person who's actually running a structured business, those are two completely different things. And I'm still in that transition. Um and I mean, leadership is, yeah, I don't know. Like I honestly, truly, I still think I'm, I'm trying to figure out what my leadership style is. Um, I'm a certain person and I work at a certain pace and I'm very driven um, and not everyone works like that. Yes. So, you know, I mean, to um, understand how everyone, what their personality is, um, what their strengths are, um, what makes them most productive and to try encourage that more. Um, and then to also be in a space where, you know, there is this vision, you have to convince people of the vision that you have, you have to get buy-in for you to get the maximum productivity or results out of them. You have to inspire them, um, in a way that they understand what the long-term vision is or what the end product is and, um, that they have the ability to shape that in a positive way. Um, so that's been an interesting experience, you know, it's like, yeah, getting people to buy in on the vision. Yeah. And what is your vision? By the way? <laughs> what is like long term in the future? Where do you see the third? 
Okay, the throne, my vision for the throne is for us to become um, one of the, if not the biggest digital media house in the country. Um, I would like for us to eventually get to the stage that we expand um, continentally as well, especially in areas with like Nigeria, where I feel like from a cultural and a fashion and a beauty and even an influencer space, there's a lot of similarities. Um, I mean, when you look at like you're just even music and pop Mm. culture, they are actually ahead of us in so many ways. So playing in um, a you know a territory like that would be incredible. Currently, and a more immediate goal is for us to be to become one of the most credible influencer management agencies in the country. We just um, in, recently introduced our influencer management division. Um, we have been doing influencer marketing since we were founded, but just to expand on that, expand on, on our client base. But I want people to consider the throne the go-to agency when you think about influencers in the country. Um, I think we are a bit synonymous uh, with that with regards to the Throne magazine. Mm. And I think we just want to build, just build more 360 content from video content to podcasts to um, shows that might actually even live above the line or, you know, live on on TV. So, um, and ultimately just to grow as an agency as well. Um, I want us to grow and I consider where we are or the potential that we have is to be an agency of tomorrow that is a progressive agency um, that doesn't prescribe to the antiquated and more traditional views of um, traditional advertising agencies. So to take the best parts of that and the best values, but also for it to be progressive and inclusive and, you know, digitally led um, and what all that kind of looks like in one picture, I that is my ultimate my ultimate dream is just for us to be an agency of tomorrow. Mm. And mm. what is the vision for you as Karen? What is your long-term uh, vision for you? <laughs> wow. That, okay. Another really good question. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a 31. I'm 13. I'll be 32 in a few months. And I'm a mom now. My son just turned one. Mm. And had you asked me that question prior to me having my son I would have a very different answer and I would want to be like on the cover of Forbes and just like (laughs) you know landing on the moon and doing all these crazy things and you know maybe all of those things will still happen you know they probably will but I'm just I think I mean my son has just been the most incredible blessing and he's grounded me so much so I just I think what I want for myself is just peace to be honest Mm. just peace and happiness and I think the more at peace I am, the more successful the business is, the more um, of a better leader I am, mm-hmm. um, the more work I produce that is just, it's greater and has integrity and character. And that's really, really important to me. Mm. Um, and just more honest and authentic I am. Um, and yeah, that kind of will spill over in all areas of my life. So I just really wanna, you know, I just kind of wanna be happy, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, love, I love that answer. I've never asked that question before, by the oh, way. Oh, really? This is like my first time asking oh, a question. And really? I didn't even plan to ask it, but I just, I love your energy. Thank <laughs> you. I hope I gave a good answer. I need to remember it because I want to ask it again. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I and it just ties in everything yeah. so perfectly. So, yeah. And I just also, it humanizes entrepreneurs, you know. we mm. There's so much focus on ambition and drive and goals, which is really important. It is really, really important. Yes. Um, but I've also realized that everything is, one thing impacts the other and you have to be a good person to be a good leader and you have to be, yeah. you know, 
uh, in a great place in your life to ultimately run a great company. Mm. So um, mm. yeah, I'm I'm very happy that you're gonna start answering the start asking the question. <laughs> like, That's gonna be one of my big questions going forward. Okay, so <clears throat> okay, we're at my favorite part of the podcast where we get to ask my favorite question now. Okay. And the reason why I love to ask this question is because it comes from my favorite quote, okay. which is, be who you needed when you were younger. Oh my God, that's a beautiful quote. That's my favorite that's quote. That's incredible. And that's what I tried to live by. Oh my God. So I want to know from you, if you could go back in time, I mean, we can't change any of our past, right? Yeah. But if you could go back in time and talk to younger you, because um, while you can't change anything from the past, maybe there's someone out there who needs to hear exactly that. What would you say to younger Karen? This is younger you at any age. It could wow. be you at the age of 8, 20, last year, yesterday. <laughs> any younger you, what would you say to her? What I would say to younger Karen is just believe in yourself. Um, you know, you're carrying a lot of doubts and will I make it when I make it? You know, I have all these crazy dreams and aspirations that other people don't understand and other people don't think possible. Um, so just believe in yourself, um, you know, you become everything that you want to become and you chase all the dreams that you have. So believe in yourself and have confidence and that alone will open every single door, um, in this life for you. Um, yeah, I think truly, truly that is the biggest, is. like you as you are, are enough and not to have any doubts and yeah. I honestly think that's it. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. I love it. How can, how can our audience get in touch with you, follow you, your journey, follow the throne and just read the magazine? <laughs> okay. I will start with a shameless plug for the throne. Yes, go in. <laughs> um, okay, cool. You can visit us on our website, which is www.thethrone.co.za. Um, you can also follow the throne on social media. So on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram, we are at the throne mag. And then me in my personal capacity, I am on Instagram and on Twitter as well. And it's on Twitter, it's Karen, which is C-A-R-O-N Williams underscore. And then on Instagram, it's at Karen underscore Williams. Ah, perfect. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for your thank generosity you. in your story. No, thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it immensely. And also just thank <laughs> you for being such an incredible light. I think uh -huh. your platform and what you're doing is so, so important you know, just having a space where black women have, you know, our voices just amplified and yeah. just heard and validated. I think that's so incredible. And oh to God. share that with other people, you know, and to have other young, amazing, you know, black women or black teenagers listening to that, I think is incredible. So I just thank you for such a beautiful platform. Thank you so much for listening to She Brigade. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend you think will enjoy it too. You can also share it on your social media and tag us at She Brigade. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so feel free to email your questions or your suggestions to info at shebrigade.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at She Brigade. Until next time, bye.